0: Welcome to the connect church podcast our mission is to connect the disconnected to a growing relationship with god you can connect with god and we can help So I was uh, listening to a podcast recently, and Donald Miller was talking about writing your eulogy. Now, I've heard this idea before, but I'll be real with you. I've always kind of brushed it aside. It seems kind of morbid, a little weird to me. But when I heard Donald Miller mention it this time, it stood out to me. You see, I've been spending a lot of time personally in the book of Proverbs. And through the time in Proverbs, both personally, but then also really in preparation for this series, I've come to, to realize something. The character with which we live each day will determine how we are characterized one day. So when Donald Miller was talking about the importance of writing his eulogy and the difference it's made in his life, I thought, I think you might be onto something. And it, it causes me to, to pause and consider, how, you know, how do I want to be remembered one day? So much of life is you know, striving after success, whatever success means to you. It could be relational success, financial success, experiential success, whatever you're, you want to be successful at. Oh, we spend our days seeking that thing, right, at, at a clip of more, faster, better. My hope is that this time together is an opportunity for you to press pause on the fast forward pace of life and consider how do you want to be remembered one day? Uh, because what the consistent factor in both our our successes and our failures is you it's me Uh, we're there at the island getaway and we're there in the fight we're in the meeting where we get fired and we're at the service in which we get baptized we're present at every single one of our failures and successes and if that's true which it is then we'd be foolish not to consider who we are and who we're becoming. Now, good news for us, Solomon has a lot to say about this. Solomon, inspired by God, has, to, has a lot to say about this. So we're gonna pick back up in Proverbs to, and we're gonna see today that the way we live, what characterizes us as we live each day is really gonna determine how our life is characterized one day. Now, if you've got a Bible with you, I would invite you to turn with me to Proverbs chapter 11. We're going to look at verses two through three. Now, honestly, it's great if you can turn there in a physical Bible, but today we're going to be looking at a bunch of different scriptures. So the easiest way to follow along, if you're not going to do it on the screen, is probably our free church app. So you can follow along there as well as take some notes. We're in Proverbs because we want to live well. We don't want a a life that we're ashamed of. We want a life that we're proud of. At the end, we don't want to look back and think, oh, I got so many regrets. We want to leave a legacy. And because of that, we're looking to God's word, which guides us in the wise way that we can live every day. So today, we're gonna to take a look at our character because our character is with us in every relationship, every meeting, every encounter, every conversation. And when we have wise character, in the end, we're gonna live well. And the, the way we're remembered by those closest to us is something we're gonna be proud of. Now, as we dive into God's word, would you pause with me? Let's pray and ask to hear from God now. Lord, we come before you and we are so grateful that we get together. Thank you for your word that we get to learn from now. Would you speak to us, both through scripture and also through this message that you've given me? Would you help us to press pause on all the craziness of life and hear from you, right here in this moment? In Jesus' name, amen. Proverbs 11, verses 2 and 3, highlight two character qualities that really surface time and time again throughout the book of Proverbs, and really scripture for that matter, and we're going to take a look at both of them today. But let's, let's just read Proverbs 11, 2 through 3, to find out what they are. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. The integrity of the upright guides them. But the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Back in, in verse 2, it says, when pride comes, then comes Disgrace but with humility comes wisdom. That sounds good, but it also sounds opposite from what we observe in our everyday lives. It seems like it's, you know, with Instagram influencers and charismatic preachers and larger than life CEOs, it's the, the arrogant, the narcissistic. They're the ones that are rewarded. They're the ones with the fame and the fortune and, and we're the ones who follow them, elect them, appoint them. And yet Solomon, who actually had it all himself in his day and age, he said, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. I think Solomon was onto something because the same media outlets that like to, to lift up the successful are the same ones that will highlight their failure the next day because even more than success you know what sells scandals sell it's so big time and, and everyone wants to read about it or watch it or listen to it it's like this sick thing about us now this leads us to verse 3 where solomon says this the integrity of the upright guides them but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity Unfaithfulness really does capture these scandals of the successful, right? Whatever successful is, whether it's unfaithful to one's spouse, unfaithful to one's company, one's morals, it's unfaithfulness that, that surfaces. And it's easy to like point our finger at someone and be like, look at you. But let's be honest, we're as susceptible as the next guy to be unfaithful, aren't we? We're just as tempted as they are. And, and if we blow it, our, our blow might not make the headlines, but you better believe those closest to us, yeah, our legacy is going to be the same with them. But destruction and, and, and you know, despair, that doesn't have to be our story. You see, because pride and unfaithfulness don't have to be our story. We can be characterized by something different. We can be characterized by humility and integrity. So let's take a look, a closer look at these two Crucial character qualities. We're going to start with humility. So back in Proverbs eleven two, we've read this before, but it says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Here we learn that humility is the way of the wise. Humility is key to finding wisdom because uh, it's different than the, the position, the posture of a prideful person. The prideful person will be like, look at me, listen to me, follow me. The only problem with that is, is me is not the source of wisdom. God is. On the other hand, the humble person is all about you, listening to you, loving you, learning from you, following you. It's th- th- this posture that actually enables us to really learn from God and his wisdom. That's why with humility comes Wisdom here are a couple other Proverbs about pride and humility. This is Proverbs 16, 18. It says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And in Proverbs 29, 23, it says, pride brings a person low, but the lowly in spirit gain honor. From these Proverbs, we learn that humility is the highway to honor. Now, I didn't know it at the time, but back in high school, I was on a crash course for destruction. And my mom notified me of this one day after school. She looked at me and she said, Chris, there is a sin in your life that you need to repent of, but God has to reveal it to you. And I thought, what are you talking about? Look at me. I'm an honor student. I'm a captain of my sports teams. I'm going to Bible college to be a pastor. What are you talking about? Well, she just, she dropped it. She didn't bring it up for years. It was about six or seven years later, after Bible college, after seminary, or. Amanda and I are now living in Maine, and she brings that comment back up, and she says, Chris, I'm so glad God revealed that sin to you, and you've repented of it. What you have to understand is I just preached a message on Philippians 2, and I talked about how we should be humble because Jesus is humble. But the kicker is, is I started the message like this. Hi, my name is Chris, and I'm prideful truth is humility isn't like a destination we arrive at it's actually the way in which we live along the way a way that quite honestly requires a lot of repentance for me because even still i find myself thinking about myself more than i should some days i have a a really high view of self i think i'm all that and then some other days i have a low view of self that i i'm really a nobody with nothing to offer but Wherever I am on that spectrum, what the Holy Spirit's been teaching me is that whether it's a high view of self or a low view of self, both are actually prideful because humility is a proper view of self in light of who God is. C.S. Lewis famously said it this way, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Interestingly, scripture teaches that if we think of ourselves less, God will actually lift us up more. James 4 says it this way, this is James 4, 6, but he, God, gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humility is the way of the wise, it's the highway to honor, and we should be humble people. You know, God will actually be honored by that, and he honors humble people. That's what his word teaches. But more than humility, we should also be people of integrity. If we go back to Proverbs 11, now in verse 3 again, that says, The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity this statement stands in stark contrast to the story that we tell ourselves maybe the 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 professor or the teacher uh, has an assignment you got to read the book cover to cover and then submit a summary book review well you decided that you're going to go hang out with your friends on the weekend so when thursday rolls around and the thing is due tomorrow you figure you know what i'm just going to spark note it there's no way she expects us to read this whole book When you're on SparkNotes, you're like, wow, I really think they summarized this well. You know, I think I'm just gonna copy and paste this right here, I kind of like how they said it. Or maybe you find yourself in an office context and you wanna climb the ladder, you want more influence, more uh, whatever, prominence in your company, and you're willing to cut corners to get ahead or fudge some numbers so that your boss is impressed. You would never say this out loud. I would never say this out loud but maybe our lives would say this, I have to compromise to get ahead. If you've ever felt this way and acted on it, I want Solomon's words to encourage us that there is a better way. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. There is peace in the way of integrity because when, when you're going the, the way of integrity, you don't have to fe- you know, fear being found out. You don't have to worry about that. Proverbs 10, 9 says this, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. When we have integrity, we don't have to fear being found out. And that's a, that's a huge relief for some of us. C.S. Lewis gave us that definition for humility, but what exactly is integrity? Well, I was writing this message at the office, and I'm like, well, I should probably define integrity for us. So I paused, and I, I thought, I'm like, okay, what, what is integrity? When I came up with a definition I felt pretty proud of, I turned to Hannah, who was preparing some materials for Connect Kids. I said, hey, Hannah, can I get your take on something? She's like, yeah, sure. So I turned to her and I said, how's this for a definition for integrity? Integrity is doing what is right, even when no one's looking. She's like, yeah, I think I've heard that before. Apparently, I'm not as brilliant as I thought I was. <laughs> God, God used defining integrity to humble me. I- integrity, it really does. It functions as guardrails for us, keeping us on the straight and narrow, the, the path of following Jesus. Proverbs twenty-eight eighteen says this, The one whose walk is blameless is kept safe, but the one whose ways are perverse will fall into the pit. Now, I've never met someone who said, I really regret keeping my word. You know what, I just wish I was a little slimier in my sales tactics. I have met a lot of people, and I've said myself, I wish I didn't fill in the blank. Proverbs points to humility and integrity as two petals that propel us forward to live a life that we're proud of, to live well. Now, Paul points to Jesus as the model for both these things. If you have a Bible, I invite you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. It's a bit of a longer passage, but I want to read it for us, at least the first 11 verses, because it really captures the nature of Jesus and who we should be not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every day of Jesus' life here on earth, when he he walked, when he ministered, Conversations. It didn't matter if there was a crowd around him. It didn't matter if he just was with his friends and family or even if he was just alone with his father. Jesus was who he says he was. And our faith is built on this fact. It's why this can be said of him in, in Hebrews 4. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Friends, our faith, our hope, our confidence is in the fact that Jesus was who he said he is. He lived a life of integrity, whether everyone was watching or no one was watching. And and, and who, who was he in these moments? He was humble. We just read it. Fully God. He became fully man. He actually gave up his right to be worshiped as God for a time. Not because he didn't deserve it, he did. But he gave it up for you and for me. And he didn't just walk the earth like we did, he died a death that we deserve for our pride, for our unfaithfulness. And the amazing thing about it is that as he humbled himself to show God's love to us, God lifted him up. And now he sits at the right hand of God the Father. And one day, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And God is going to be glorified through it all. Our world has known many a successful leader. Alexander the Great. Napoleon, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, and others. No one has left the legacy that Jesus left. So, how can we live the legacy that we want to leave? Well, Paul highlights a couple of keys that we should take from Jesus about how we should go about our lives, what should characterize us. And the first thing is this one, cultivate a Christ like character. In verse 5, Paul said it this way, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Christian, uh, today it might be kind of a little bit of a political term, but back then when the word kind of originated, it was actually this idea of, of becoming like Christ. It's like of Christ. The idea is that we're like little Christ running around. We aren't Christ, but we should become like him in how we live our lives. And others should come to know him through us. That's what it means to be a Christian in the biblical sense of the word. Now, if we're going to become like Christ, then like we just saw, we need to be humble and we need to be people of integrity. The second thing that we learn from what Paul writes here is this. Be interested in others' interests. Verses 3 and 4, he wrote, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. These aren't just good uh, verses to, like, quote to our kids as parents. These verses should characterize our lives. We should serve selflessly. In, in an age where everyone is vying for attention, looking for people to give them likes and, the, and everything, I mean, just where we, everyone is looking to be interesting to then have some value ascribed to them. If we can be people who are interested in others, they are going to feel so loved. They're going to experience Christ through us. So instead of seeking your own interests, let's look for opportunities to be advocates for others' interests. We're going to cultivate Christ-like character. We're going to be interested in others' interests and third, lay yourself down to lift others up. This is, this is the heart of the gospel. This is what Jesus did in the greatest way possible. Paul said it this way, Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he, Jesus, made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Nothing is more humbling than honoring someone else. So when your boss acknowledges how great your department did on a project, be quick to point the praise to your team. When uh, a friend celebrates. The character that you have. It could be X, Y, or Z. It doesn't matter what it is. When they celebrate it, take it as an opportunity to celebrate the community that you have around you who keeps pointing you to Jesus day after day, week after week. Jesus didn't concern himself with making a name for himself. So we don't have to concern ourselves with making a name for ourselves. Instead, we can cultivate Christ like character. We can be interested in others' interests, and we can lay ourselves down to lift others up. And then, one day, when our friends and family gather together to celebrate our life, they aren't going to be like scraping the bottom of the barrel searching for a story to share. Oh no, they're going to have story after story after story of how you were who you said you were even when no one was watching. How you served them even when it cost you. It's going to be a true celebration of life. A life that pointed people to Jesus. But but how we're remembered then is dependent upon how we live now. So when it comes to legacy, what's the wise thing to do? Well, it's Christ-like character, not compromise, that actually charts the course to the legacy you want to leave. Let me pray for us. Lord, would you do that? Would you do that by the power of your spirit working in us? Would you help us to become more like Jesus? Would we be people who are humble, people who have integrity? And in so doing, would others feel loved and would they ultimately see you through our lives? We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.